G'day, guitar wankers, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful, inspirational, sensational episode of Guitar Wank. Uh, g'day, how you going? You doing alright? Good. It is Nam Week, the week of Nam. No, not Vietnam, it is Nam uh, Music Expo Week in Anaheim and uh, all... Musicians and product people and all that will be heading to Anaheim to uh, deal with no parking and the annoyance of very loud, loud instruments in big halls. Should be fun. It's always fun. Uh, you catch up with a lot of people. If you don't know what NAM is, you should go experience it for yourself. A lot of fun. Uh, Bruce and I will be there for uh, Friday. We're going to be there Friday and I believe Scott's there Saturday. Maybe Bruce and I will will return Saturday or Sunday. It just depends on how much we can put up with it. But um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you go check out some people to say g'day to. Uh, Wireworld uh, are great sponsors of the show. They're always giving us great stuff to give away, which we still have stuff to give away that we will do. Um, from Wireworld, Pro Audio Cables. They are in Hall D. D for... Not for drums. I think it's the guitar hall. But they're there. <coughs> and uh, I talked to the guys the other day, Larry and David. Go say g'day to them. Tell them you're a fan of Guitar Wank and they will give you... I don't know. They may give you something. Go check it out. They've got new guitar cables that are out. New badass guitar cables. They're always doing something amazing. So they're in Hall D at 4629 Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. Check them out. There's so much stuff there to check out. I'm excited to go there and and uh, and yeah, just see what's going on. All the cool products and just not really interested in buying anything. So I hope I don't see anything that I fall in love with and want to spend more money. Like I've never said that before. So anyway, it should be fun. It's going to be great. Uh, back to the podcast. I thought this week we would continue on with Mr. James Santiago. <laughs> back with James. James was so much fun and uh, I mean he's the guy behind the ox box ladies and gentlemen. The box I love this box. Amongst many boxes that I do love this is one box I love a lot I don't give a fuck what Scott says it doesn't matter. For what I do I love it. I'm using my amps all the time and I think it's fantastic and I'm excited for them to come out with additional cabinets and upgrades and that. If you haven't checked out the ox box check it out. I believe Boss have put something out too to kind of compete. I haven't checked that out. I'm sure it's really good too. But anyway, the Oxbox is kicking ass. So uh, I thought we'd continue with James being Nam Week. And I know James James is going to be there at the Universal Audio booth. Um, I guess talking about Universal Audio stuff and the Oxbox. And uh, they've, got, they've got Corey there. Um bunch of other guitarists I guess playing so it'll be fun if uh, if you're down that way check it out say g'day if you see any of the Guitar Wank team say g'day we'd love to hear from you and uh, hang out maybe we can get a, a beer or a wine or beverage of your choice I don't know but um, yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun what else we got going on Mr McCubbin we have we have some amazing products to give away from Left Coast Workshop Jim has been so amazingly kind to give us uh, not only one pedal, but I believe four pedals to give away. And uh, we're just trying to work out the finer details, uh, maybe through one of the Patreon account.
counts? I don't know yet. We'll, we'll see. But um, these pedals are amazing. Check them out. Left Coast Workshop. Jim at Left Coast Workshop. And, um, yeah, he makes great stuff. They're really, I really dig his pedals. They sound great. And, of course, Wireworld. Wireworld. Uh, Pro Audio Cables. They make amazing stuff as well. Um, yeah, so there you go. So let's get into this episode. I hope you are all well. I hope you are surviving out there. And if life is getting you down, I hope this episode just picks you up a little bit and just makes you realize that your life isn't as shitty as you think it is. Maybe ours is more. All right, let's get into it. A big shout out to Mr. Brett Garced. We were going to have him on the show. Oh, my God. Brett. We were going to have him on the show in February. He was coming out from Australia, but I just got a message from Brett just before and due to gigs and other commitments coming up, um, and he doesn't want to come to America because the country shut down. <laughs> uh, he can't make it, so I'm really bummed about that, but uh, we're going to have to get Brett. Maybe we have to get him on the phone or something, or I don't know, do a Skype call. We'll, we'll work something out, Brett. I know eventually we'll get you on the show, but I'm, I was excited about that, and now we're not getting Brett. So anyway, so all the people keep asking for Brett Garced. We're trying, but, you know, it, it shit happens. He's a busy man. He's, in, he's a in-demand guitarist. He's a monster. So check him out. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. I can't think of anything else. Uh, Patreon. If you don't know about it, it's a great way to support Guitar Wank and uh, hand over your life savings and really take us to the next limit so we can all go to Vegas and live a happier life. Uh, so please check that out. Patreon slash Guitar Wank or go to guitarwank.com and it's one of the links up top. Send us an email, damn it. Say g'day, say what you like or hate about the show uh, at guitarwank at gmail.com. You can also uh, see us on the Guitar Wank forum or on Facebook. Oh, my God. We're just everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. It's amazing. Our social media um, province. I'm just making up words now. It doesn't matter because now I'm rambling and I haven't rambled for weeks. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> All those people just like, Troy's intros. All right. Up your bum and uh, we'll have a safe week. We'll see you all next week. Um, I'm actually going to see Harry Shearer tonight. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, Derek Smalls from uh, Spinal Tap. We're going to see him at the Palace tonight. Um, we were lucky enough to get tickets, me and Brucey Baby. And uh, Lukath is going to be there. Vi is going to be there. Dweezil. Um, Paul Schaefer. It's, it's a bit of a who's who. It's going to be a lot of fun. CJ is the uh, amazing keyboard player. CJ is MD. It's, it's going to be great. So I'm super excited. And hopefully we can nail down Vi and Lukather uh, to get their asses on the show. Well, we'll be definitely trying to talk to those lovely gentlemen and getting them on the show. So there you go. That'll be a fun night. And there's a ton of shit going on this week in... Uh, Los Angeles for Nam. Obviously, uh, Scott's playing the baked potato, I think. Or has he played it? No, I think he's playing it this Friday, maybe. Yeah. And then he's got Alva's in on Sunday. So, anyway, look it up. Go to Alva's website. Check them out. And uh, check out the baked potato and see when Scott's playing. Go check him out. Support. Um, throw something at him. And uh, wear something guitar wank if you have it to show support. And remind him, where is your guitar wank hat, Scott? Why don't you wear it? All right. I think that's it. I think that's all the news I have. I can't think of anything else. All right, guys. Have a fantastic week and be safe. 
we'll, we'll see you all next week. I don't know what show we're putting up next week. We've still got Chico. We've got more of James Santiago. And we're going to hopefully get a bunch of sound bites from, uh, from Nams. Bruce is going to do some interviews down there. I'll do some interviews. Because apparently Guitar Wank now has a media badge. I feel very special. We're acknowledged as a media outlet. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Alright, so we'll see you all at NAM and if not, we'll see you all next week. Have a good one. Mates. Or a lexicon. Right. It, it's still an algorithm. Can I ask a digital a really stupid question. Like when when you're <laughs> when you're doing these uh, mm-hmm. IR or whatever you want to call your speaker mm-hmm. modeling, I guess right. that's what it is, sampling modeling. Yeah. What I mean, you don't want to have like Scott's tone when you're doing it because right. that's colored now. Now you're really just buying Scott Henderson. You're not buying. Right. Are you like running like tone generators out of an oscilloscope to do this? Are you? I mean, are you taking like a keyboard that has a very generic sound? So I mean, because you're you're taking a sound of a response of a speaker, but. What you're recording really is what the speaker's getting in the first okay, place. That, that, so how do you topic, how do you actually. end up? No, no. My point is, how do you end up with an agnostic kind of or, or with yeah, ambivalent totally source, ambivalent yeah. source, so yeah. that you're really getting something that everybody who plays it is still themselves and not just the model of the guy who played okay. it when you copied. No, that, that's actually a very intelligent. That's not a dumb question. Oh, really? It's not a dumb question. question. No, that's not because a dumb question. That, at that, all. that question alone is a year's worth of my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'll explain why. Uh, and just just in the same way Scott says he likes a 57 right. and I'm going to get you like a certain speaker Let, mm-hmm. let's just call it sure. Celestian we've said Celestian so sure. you like a certain Celestian that you think sounds good with that certain microphone mm-hmm. the other problem to that is some other kinds of speakers sound good with different kinds of microphones mm-hmm. so then you get into this bigger subject of well shit if I use a Jensen speaker I really like the sound of those with U67s or if I'm doing a Beatles thing I really like Silver Bulldog Celestians mm-hmm. with a 67 or a 47 mm-hmm. and then that opens the thing as uh, your, to answer your question there's a difference between putting the mics and the cabs in the studio in the room where you think they should go that sounds good with that specific gear and then the other hard part is the measurement part which I'll tell you in a second uh, the first thing is Usually, there's always some sort of sonic emotional baggage when you get a piece of gear. So if I walked in with an AC30, which I did find a nice 65 AC30, the first thing you think of, well, what would the speakers in AC30 be good for? You think Tom Petty, you think the Beatles, you think all of those tones. So my brain settles into, I actually test every piece of gear. I'll put a guitar on, I'll play the right amp, I'll play an AC30 into those speakers, and I will put the mics where that sounds great on that amp with that speaker. And mm-hmm. then I put the guitar down, and then here comes the other three days of work. Now comes the measurement tools, mm-hmm. all the custom stuff. So it's yeah. But my, my 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 question is how do I? Well, no, I, no, 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 no. I guess maybe I wasn't clear. Okay. Um, what is the actual source material you're using to the measure to measure the speaker so that you're giving somebody an honest modeling so that their like personal flat. isn't it just a sweep? No, no. 
I mean, uh, is is it an actual guitar? Is it a, is it a keyboard? Well, no, is it right. a tone generator? Oh, no, is it a is it a is it a you know a howling uh, raccoon? What is it? <laughs> it's, well, in the case of well, IRs, or it's maybe a tone you can't tell me. Right? Well, I, I I can and can't tell you in that the, the two because we we have new tools we made ourselves. Uh-huh. It's all sorts of measurement stuff that you could. Of course, it has to be some kind of tones. Everything is math. Everything, right. So there is some, and I won't because you can uh, make your own IRs and you just do a. Yeah, tone generator would, mm-hmm. and, and all a sweep is is really a moving, oscillating tone going from twenty hertz all the way to twenty k. Right. Well, so mm-hmm. that's what you're using. That's Those not what we're using. Oh, okay. But we're using that times hundred and other ways to measure speaker. Okay. Yeah. Because right. I mean, you know, if, if you know, basically, I could end up. It's like a pedal. Then I get a Scott Henderson pedal, and whatever yeah. I play, I get his tone. You get that's tone. that's. Then you that's never get not, any work, though. But that's, that's, that's not my point. Is that's not that's not the point of an eye, as far as I'm as far as I'm led to believe here. And I'm I'm really a dummy with all this. Show. I'm no, just no, learning by listening. Um, Nobody should you, know about this stuff. They should all be playing guitar. Does yeah, that yeah, sound yeah, good? Yeah. And just yeah, you know, okay, out. I, I want to play into a Celestia. I want to find yeah. out what I sound through a yeah. Celestia. So if it's being given to me fed to me back by somebody else playing through celestial now it's not just me it's me and them right. you dig what i'm saying yep. and not that that's a bad thing but it's it's if, if we're talking about kind of offering somebody that's sort of a replacement for the original thing right. like that thing doesn't have any of scott henderson i'm pointing to a fender amp right, right. now <laughs> that thing doesn't have any of scott it doesn't have any Jimi right. hendrix doesn't have eric clapton doesn't have that's any right. me it's just the a tone, a mm. tubes, and we go through it, you know. And how do you get to the point where that thing doesn't have? I mean, that's my question. Any of right. that to 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 capture the sound that you want to capture to model. That that is also very subjective, and I'm 100 percent to blame for all of that. Because for what? Uh, I don't know what I don't even know what I asked. I don't even know what you what you asked. Is, you're to blame to some people, but you're to be praised for other no, people, right? So, so, so. You know, it's either it's, it gets either you're well. If that thing wasn't selling, I it would be blame. Yeah, right, uh-huh. right. Now, yeah. now right. you're doing really it, good. Right. Cool. Yeah, at some point, when so you're the producer of a record and the record didn't sell, whose fucking fault is it? Right. Well, you picked the songs, dude. You, you know, no, the, the producer blames the band. Well, now, but now <laughs> I need to blame the, the band. Blames, blames the label, label and then, then you blame the manager for bringing in the producer. <laughs> now I'm now an I'm, agent comes well, in. This this well, makes okay. me go around. No, everybody gets blamed. Yeah. This makes me really curious about the source material. Okay, like like in other words. Well, there's source material, and in two I could have ways. said that just those two words, and that probably right. would have been. I enough. call it input source material. In my input source material, for every mic and cabinet is real guitars, and they a dial that fits that piece of gear. Okay, so but what I'm what I wonder about is like, and not just <laughs> not just Universal Audio, but Own Hammer and and Celestion okay. and all the all the people that do the the kind of stuff where, in other words. Selling to people who can't crank up in their house and right. need need a box so they can get a loud sound into their into their you know recording system. Just for an example, I, I'm not going to mention that company, but I'm but like let's just say I buy an R, an IR off off the, the web and 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 it's a famous company mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like a basket weave four by twelve straight cabinet with this a fifty seven right okay. And I listen to it, and and I go, okay. Uh, there's there's 
like say five or different mic placements of a 57 going mm -hmm. from say the cone to the very edge of the speaker right. and I picked the one that you that like totally comes the closest to where I like to place the mic but yet when I compare it doesn't sound good and it doesn't sound anything like my cabinet and it doesn't sound any it just doesn't sound good period okay that so, that exactly is the biggest problem right there and you just basically open up the can of worms and I'm going to go down which is that I don't give a shit how expensive your Dumble is, how vintage that Marshall cabinet is. That does not mean it is a good sounding piece of gear. You mean the gear that they the modeled that to get model. that IR? Yeah, because who's to say that that wasn't the best sounding basket weave that you well, could Well, now here's what I think. Here's you have to have ears to pick. You know, I, I love... Well, I'm, but I'm who's, having who's, not to say that, who's not to say that the source materials that you used aren't coloring the whole thing in the first well, place? That too. And, and, and there's all sorts of fucking holes is, you fall into what, in each one of those little problems. This is what I imagine going wrong. First of all, what if the guy is modeling a 16-ohm cabinet with a... Like, like, in my opinion, 16-ohm sounds like shit. So I would never use i would use eight ohms if i was only modeling one cabinet i would make sure that they're eight ohm speakers so right. that the cabinet is eight ohms and you're not plugging like these fucking metal guys do when they plug a 16 ohm cabinet into a marshall and it sounds thin and awful oh, and yeah. and 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 i go well okay what if they're doing that what if he's using a 16 ohm cabinet in a marshall one cabinet and right. he's only using the, that little part of the transformer at 16 ohms. Well, that would make it sound like shit. What if he's using one of those cabinets with a press board back? That would definitely ruin See, that fucking scenario that's right. real fast. That's right. What if he's using inferior speaker cable? What if the cable... You know how much difference speaker cable makes. I, like I, I will tell you right now, all of that is why I only work in my room. Because uh, I know the sound of every... In cable, they're cut right. to length. If right. I do a, re a repeated test, I use the exact same cable right. and the right. exact same layout and the exact same patch box mm -hmm. and the same converter input. Right. You cannot screw around with this stuff. If you're looking right. for consistency, you have to pay attention well, to everything. That's just good science. It yeah. is, but the problem yeah. is that nobody, people don't do their homework and they don't think it makes a difference. I mean, this, some of this does sound like bullshit. Because uh, I, I guarantee you, Wes didn't walk up to a standell and go, sounds like 122 volts on the wall today. I'm not playing fucking around midnight tonight. This yeah. amp sounds stiff. I know that didn't fucking happen. The guy didn't give a shit. Yeah. But when you're Neil Young, you would think well, maybe he doesn't care either, but he plays a crank deluxe. He can hear the wall voltage being high or low because he's relying on that amp being on 10. And when the wall voltage is low, that amp doesn't distort as much. Right. And then you start going, well, there is something to it. Everyone's got ears because... You're playing it. You're, you're part of it. So then anyone who wants to invest their time into doing this, you should be looking at your gear and going, why do I sound good one day and not great the next day? Maybe if I paid better attention to maybe where I put the knobs, mark my settings. You know, maybe mm -hmm. this cable, I should use the same guitar cable if I thought it sounded good today. We'll use it again and then maybe mm -hmm. change cables. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if anybody wants to do the, their homework anymore. In, in the land yeah, of well, instant gratification. Like, okay, you know? okay. Um, well, yes. But, I mean, I use equipment, and I... Same settings, same cables, same guitar, same fucking stupid hands. <laughs> and, um... And room to room, it can sound completely different. Right, and yeah, it's, and it's, not just, it's not right, just the right, room. Right. It's also the people I'm playing with. 
That what that's true. So that's there's true. there's a lot, and and I'll be honest with you, man. In a great sounding room, a hundred amps sound great. In a bad sounding room, maybe one amp sounds great. Maybe none. Probably none. <laughs> right. None. <laughs> More like actually, none. Actually. <laughs> I've got an amp that, that really, in a bad sounding room, is about as trustworthy a partner as you can have. However, in a great sounding room, it's not going to be as good as any one of a number of other amps I have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, or, or outside, mm-hmm. where you don't have PA and monitor backup, just mm-hmm. outside, and you're, you're the only source. Well, and then the wind blows. And you you know, I mean, I, mean I got an yeah. amp that I'm telling you, you'd want to, you'd mm-hmm. go to bed with, but... If you really had a nice room, you know, you, it's not the amp you'd want. Right. That that is a you know that's a I mean? hard so, one. Yeah, so it's yeah. the I mean the room I mean which which kind of takes it back to just being alive and in the moment and. But isn't you know. isn't that with that whole room thing? That's where something well, like the Oxbox is an amazing thing for the sound guy out front because. He well, can, actually, you're right because I, I, I forgot. He can that. dial it in. You can right? dial it in. There's there actually is a knob on there called room. Mm-hmm. For the exact reasons that kind of you're going at, and that I think an amp sounds different from room to room. Mm-hmm. That that amp, that open back amp, five feet from the back wall, doesn't sound the same as an amp in a carpeted room in the middle of it mm-hmm. by by the drum or room. against the wall or against, or against the, the, the curtains that are behind the like, stage. Exactly. Which again, I'll tell you even more. There's stuff that all of that gear was. I put it in. We have a, a room at Universal Aya that's a copy of uh, Bill Putnam Senior's original Western layout. Uh-huh. So there, there's a room in the Santa Cruz or Scotts Valley actually that looks like a recreation of that. So is Universal Audio up up in Scotts, Scotts Valley. Valley? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Scotts it's, Valley. You know, because I live up near there. Wow. Well, well yeah, I, I learned a lot. Yeah, I didn't Valley. know that they weren't IRs in that box. So, no, they're not. But no, I would but really like to the. I mean, honestly, I'd really love the chance to try it out again if you were around. I mean, if you were ever... I mean, it doesn't have to be I work for, like, soon. a taco. Literally, you know? literally, you could go to salsa and beer with, like, grab one taco to go. Well, you work for a taco? Yeah. I would <laughs> well, work for no, tacos. No, I mean, if, if or one... Taco, if one yeah, day... Yeah, I would go for you tacos. Should I hit him for, like, three tacos? Yeah. No, if one day you ever want to come over with me and Troy and show us how to really use it in, a, in, a, in, in the right way, and maybe we did make some mistakes, I don't know, but, I, I, you know, it would be fun just to compare and see... What would it would be fun for me? I don't know how much fun it would be for you. You'd be a drag yeah, for you would get, <laughs> get the tacos. You would get. I get the tacos. We'll buy you I'll lunch. Whatever so for tacos. The, the worst possible thing could happen was you could get a really good lunch. So that's. that's well, I gotta say, besides besides Scott, I mean, and and you're dealing with your scenario and your setup. So you're kind of comparing your amazing setup and your amazing sound with something that is trying to copy that scenario so it's always kind of going to be anything recreated yeah, yeah recreate right. but, but I mean that's exactly what you want right well, you do it, it, it I mean that's this is you're helping him you yeah, know because, I mean, I mean yeah. here's the thing let's say that I didn't have a walled up room and let's say that let's say that for example let's say your wife kicks you out yeah, and you're on the street uh, and you're recording in your let's car let's say I get a new neighbor tomorrow and that wall room isn't good shit. enough for him he's mad he even hears a little bit of guitar and he's right. pissed yeah. and he's going to call start calling the police on me yeah. so I can't mic a cabinet anymore yeah. so somehow I've got to figure out how to get my tone that I get with my cranked up amp from this yeah 
or or well, that's well, a that's a lovely little you know, sports that's a, great, that's that's a lovely a little test. sports challenge. Now, yeah. I, I'd love to hear the. I'm going to say. I mean, when I was at Scotts, when we were there, I felt like I mean, Scotts tone was. Say Scott's tone was a twelve out of ten, right? So we're on twelve. When we did the the IRs with the Sir reactive load, I kind of felt like that was say Scott's tone's there. The Sir reactive load was here. Not good to do visual references yeah, on, uh, yeah, no, on, a, on a podcast. <laughs> just, just a little, little, little yeah. clue there. But I'm, I'll, I'll explain it. But I felt like the Sir reactive load was missing some things. And then we felt like the Oxbox were missing them, some things that were compared to his original tone. They were both on each side of of his tone. Like, we felt like maybe that was a little... I don't know if it was a little muddier compared to your speaker For cabinet. me, it was fizzier. Fizzier. I and couldn't get the fizz out of yeah. it. And that's what was bothering me. We couldn't make but it But I wonder sound. if if you guys took yeah. his carry cab and did all that, well, would, that, well, would you do that or not? Is it you don't take the cabs? How do you do that? Okay, what do you mean like uh, when you model? Like, say, would you, you even do you even model like his? Like, say, if you were going, if I was right, gonna, if you said I didn't want to model that cab, I would have to live with that cab and examine it. I'd have to find how to start. I have all this measurement stuff to figure right. out uh, all the way down. To, I know each resonant frequency of each speaker in these cabinets. Right. I have to learn everything about that speaker. You, mm-hmm. when you get this, if I was to do that and put it in that box. And you turn the cabinet up with a head too hot, and you start to get cone cry at certain resonant frequencies. Those would actually show up in there too. Mm-hmm. The same resonant frequency, which is I'm having a problem with right now. Which you try to get rid of, honestly. Well, usually, actually, but. what it is is that my speakers so, are so old. I find that I'm not able to record as loud as I used to. Yeah, because they're, they're, to get they're the getting too loose. They're cone so cry. So I got to turn down just a little bit to get That's rid right. of it. But it's okay. What do you call it? You know? cone? It's called cone cry, which is... Cone a, cry. You know, it's when your speaker, you know, that sound when you turn up a speaker too loud and it kind of makes a double note, like you get an E and a B up. flat at the same time. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like... Like if you had like a little fender sound, but it's kind of brother with it. 20-watt speakers, 25-watt speakers. So you could get a deluxe to kill the... The little Jensen in there. If you just yeah. turned it up enough, Rick, Rick, it's usually a, a pass like on your high E. You start getting into F sharp, G, A, mm-hmm. B, yeah. and you hit a note. Wow. Go, and you'll get an octave yeah. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's oh, like a, it's, it's nasty. It's but nasty it's also sounding. part of so many yeah. classic records, though. When you hear yeah. the isolated tracks, I've got I've got a. Uh, this record called Tore Down House and 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 I know and, that record I bought it. Come on. Well, what do we start talking about Tribal Tech records? Come this on, one let's go. Moment where I played a, a a high note and the cone cried and it was really obvious and I I, I was I said should I keep that because it was just like part of the solo and it would have been really a drag to overdub and ruin the little moment so I just kept it on there and everybody la- always laughs at me because <laughs> it's like I'm pretty nasty. Like just, I hit this high reality. note, it goes really. <laughs> but it's, but but it's unique, right? Sound, it's you know? unique to that. Yeah. It is unique it's to that. If you listen to any is, old you know? Cream records, you're gonna find yeah. that cone cry yeah. on those records where yeah. Clapton had a hundred watt Marshall and he's mm-hmm. hitting these high notes in there. That little octave's in there. Yeah. And if well, you well, uh, it's just I, one more nerdy thing that Rick Skillman told me that the uh, the Celestian Vintage Thirty has the thinnest paper of any speaker that they make and that's the most likely speaker that will give you really? the cone cry. Yeah, the thinner well, the paper is it'll start. Is it the paper or the cone? It's actually the whole thing will it's it's, well, it's part of it. The speaker's actually fluctuating so bad that 
it's creating this rubbing of the. It's yeah. Now I'm sorry. So it's an artifact that gets. It's a physical artifact. It's it's nothing. It's nothing the amp is doing. Right. It's not in your cables. Right. It's just literally that paper. The excursion is just so yeah. plus minus back from the center. It's doing this so much and so fast. And if you play a high note on top of a low note, then it just starts wobbling. So chords, it really it loves to fucks do it. The shit. Oh, yeah, the speakers definitely. just go to shit. Yeah. Wow. But the thing is, the, re I, the only reason I even know this is from having to figure out why an IR doesn't sound like a real speaker. Right. Because yeah. if, I, if I didn't know any, if I wouldn't say any of this, and I just told you that sounds better... You literally should just kick me out of here, because <laughs> right. that the, you you have to be in the, that level of the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. To say, well, why don't you just you? Well, got it. It's just going to be. It's so nerdy. Well, I feel so James, bad for anybody listening. Well, to me yeah, it's nerdy. Right but we we I think we have a lot of nerds that listen. Yeah, and, and for they're, sure. And they're and they're into like just like me. I, I am a nerd. Right, just because I play music doesn't make me not a nerd. Because in in order to play the kind of music that I play, I have to be a nerd. I have to turn knobs because I'm after sounds. I'm not just playing notes. I'm after sounds. And anybody that's after sounds has to turn knobs. Yeah. And they have to think about nerdy shit because you do, man. It's just like, and it's almost like, you know, Mike Landau told me one time and it was so funny because I, I, I've always felt this way, but it was fun to hear him say it where he says that, yeah, I'm a nerd. And he says that every tiny little aspect of shit that i worry about about my tone by itself may not mean right. much but you put all, all that of it shit together, together all that's those right. hundreds of all little of things it. i worry about and that's great tone well see that's you know, that's the, the difference right that's there that's it. the difference right there because like you and mike landau a known you guys are known for your tone. You you have a reputation for your tone, and I know why now because you're so fucking anal about your tone and so Thank specific. You. Thank and you. that's it's, and that's a compliment. It's always so charming. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the accent. It makes it sound more charming than it really is. I know it really is. Like you yeah. can say, yeah. you're yeah. Fucking yeah. You, 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 you no, he just he just looked you in the eye and said, yeah. "Fucking anal," you're and you didn't hit him. I said that you just like me. But that's true, and that's so true. I I was like after knowing you, Scott, and actually being in, at your house and seeing your setup, oh, I can see why uh, half you the was, reason his shit sounds so good is because yeah, those matchbox cars are vibrating. Yeah, that's true too. But like you are so anal and so particular, you're hearing shit and you're so f detailed in it. Where someone like myself, I mean, I plugged into the Oxbox fucking loved it i made me want to buy more amplifiers which was amazing which was i think fantastic for all the amplifier builders the amp builders i mean you got osnoy like loved it right mm -hmm. um i just gave it to a friend the other day he fucking loved it wants to go buy one i mean there's sean tubbs there's all these amazing guitar players out there who love it but the difference is i all those guys that i just talked about uh, they're not Scott Henderson or Michael Landau where they're so anal and uh, fucking sphincter like tight <laughs> right it's getting nicer yeah. and nicer it's getting deeper I'm, I'm trying to dig deep he's digging deeper in the anal Sp part <laughs> sphincter tight pretty soon we're gonna get in the lower core <laughs> 
Wow. But, I guess I speak <laughs> faster before I came But speak to Tide about tone. And that's why your tone is so amazing and we love your tone and we look up to it. I so know. Much. And when I listen to him, I'm thinking of a colon- colonoscopy every time. <laughs> <laughs> Not only my tone, but my notes. That was a really <laughs> colonoscopy. <laughs> but for us normal people who don't get that far up the sphincter, <laughs> the, the, the Oxbox is. That's why we love it. Uh, you know. The Oxbox is so amazing, and I got to commend you because oh, I think you. it's. It's been so incredible in getting a vast array of tones, and I'm able to use all these amplifiers at higher volumes, get better tones, and I'm fucking loving it. Well, higher vo- running well, the amps, higher volumes in any volume amps. you want. Basically, any volume, volume that you oh, no, I, get it, I get it. Okay, yeah. Sweet yeah, yeah. Getting, I, I actually went through it the other day, didn't I? We recorded you through it, yeah. yeah. And um, well, I can sounds great, man. man. I gotta say, my family would love. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I got an ox box and I was able to make it sound as good as that's my th- I think that's it, a challenge for James. The, then the house wouldn't rattle. And, you know, I mean, I get complaints from my daughter who says, who, who says you know, I could deal with your music if, if it wasn't for you playing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. That's what drives <laughs> me crazy. Because I literally do. Right. So, you know, right. and you have to. But but if I could get that sound and at a monitor volume and not have to crank my four by twelve, I'd be happier than a pig and shit, man. Oh. I don't want to play that loud. Well, I, I should so. I should explain it. That there, I think there's a couple of ways to look at it, and and this is something I feel now that I feel like I'm an old man. I just. Uh, and, uh, and there's another. You were a little gray there, and oh uh, yeah, well, <laughs> well not as old I think, as us. I think my problem is when I was a teenager, I was gigging with guys who were in their forties, so I unfortunately took on that when I was a kid. But uh, that I, I know there's certain things that are always going to give me what I want. And if you have a certain amp and a certain cab and a certain mic, and you love that, you should always use that, and mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome. If there's also another side to that is a lot of times when you're in the creative space. And you are looking for other tones. There's nothing that's a bigger drag than than going to get different cabinets and different heads and different pedals, and mm-hmm. then stopping you from playing. Mm-hmm. So if anybody, I could say, if somebody says they don't like it, or maybe it doesn't work for their main sound, but they find another use for it that maybe opens up a different kind of set of colors, mm-hmm. that's all I could ask for. Is like, yeah, and does that, it inspire you to do something else? Yeah, Make a new a sure. new sound that you wouldn't have come right. up with, and it, and it's took you three seconds to find it rather than fuck around for three hours and maybe you made more music or maybe you actually finished a song i don't know mm-hmm. well uh, my right one of my best yeah. friends works for bon jovi he tours with bon jovi and he handles um the guitar guys on bon jovi well, um, i know john phil, phil, x. And phil, phil x phil x he handles yeah, yeah mark van Gogh. okay so all those guys carry around those massive cabinets right. in boxes so they've got Isolated cabinets in boxes, which Mark tells me well, they sound like this. fucking cabinets in boxes. in boxes. They sound they're, like ass. They're in coffins. Now, they're, they're, can no you air. think? Oh, no, because they want to keep the stage volume. Yeah, they, yeah, they kind of keep the stage. Yeah, yeah. Right. They don't want you to play anymore. They How just want to like control you. In a box, right? It just doesn't sound. Yeah, it just anymore. sounds like yeah. a fucking amp so in a box. Why don't they just use fractals or cabinets? So, well, exactly, because they're purists or whatever. But just think of for John Bon Jovi, the amount of money he would. Save if they ditch all those cabinets and all that bullshit and well, take an ox box. I'll, throw you, then, I'll throw you a scenario. I, I just, right? Somebody just told me this apparently, 
I'm not a big country music fan. Right. But I guess Garth Brooks is touring stadiums right now. Yeah, yeah he's and they the have stadiums. there's ten of those. Really? Garth, Garth Stewart. Ten. Because they want to use all their fender and all their old amps, but they don't want to use ISO boxes. And the guy said, Hey, we got ten of these things. That's that so your entire Garth Brooks tour that they're doing right now is And it's all inner monitors. Inner monitors. Is there anything even coming out of the amp at all? No, no. Uh, no, they're just getting loaded into that, and that's yeah. going into the inner. So there's nothing going through the, the but, actual yeah, speakers. But at least it's a real tube amp. It's a real yeah. tube and amp. It's the right. sound. They're, now, they've got their amps, but they're not using They're not using speakers. any volume, now, no think cabinet, of the, For you, cool Scott, finish. like, okay, so say, say on your Scott Henderson level, you have to sacrifice... Five percent, ten percent. I'm gonna stay up for Scott. Scott shouldn't sacrifice. I hover it hotter. I'm just saying it like as in, and I'm talking economics right. here. Five percent, ten percent of your tone, right? Instead of lugging around shit in Europe, you take that. You make your sound guy super happy, and every gig that you play, you're consistent, and your tone is consistent because your sound guy knows exactly what kind of tone he's going to get. Well, I you gotta, don't have to I do all the bullshit. Okay, but I got to tell you something. Sounds to me like he's the only thing you're talking about. I would, I would, I would not buy him. I would around. hire him. The cab. I, right. I still I'm going to carry all that gear. I to carry all my. I have to carry my wet ham. I still have to carry the. I mean. You know, you, all you're saying is that okay, I'm not carrying my four by twelve. I don't care. I, I'm not the one that lifts it up. Right. I got crew to do that. Well, see, so that, it doesn't make any difference. That's where he beats me on all. Well, no, that's a good. But that, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I would say for I a, still have to carry around yeah. a big fucking marshal for a massive you know, touring so. band like say Bon Jovi. And I know all the country guys in Nashville. They're not taking their fucking amps on the road now. They're using fractal and they're, oh, using, they're using the Kemper, Kemper and they're using the Oxboxes because you know what? The artists they're playing with, they don't give a fucking yeah. shit. Well, the audience doesn't give a shit, we, but the sound we, guy gives a shit. We have and a he friend that up. just did an album that, with a Kemper, and it was the first record I'd ever heard with a modeler, and I was like, "Wow, this tone is really good," and I was really surprised. It, it's it's that guy that's doing the 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 Fender uh, Bassman, Blackface Bassman uh, um, oh. profiles for the Kemper. Oh, and man. our friend is using his own pedals into those Bassman uh, profiles. And they, it sounds good. You know, it you sounds know really what? good. I, I, I've had to learn that if it's a... Okay, let me put it this way. Is there a bad guitar sound? It, 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 that's all subjective too. Because sure. what's a bad sound for me, somebody else could probably write a hit song on it, and it be. And then what happens? I'm going that for bad sound, sound because nobody else is looking for it. <laughs> and then it becomes. But see what happens? Then it becomes, then, then it becomes a good sound, and then everyone's going to steal your sound, <laughs> and then that becomes the hot new sound, and then we all have to get that sound. Well, you now you found my secret. That's the fucking secret. How, I'm sure. It how hasn't worked so far though. It's coming though. It's, okay. It just gets the long game. I have you gotta to keep consistency. Playing the long game. Yeah. You're yep. Right. As I keep looking at it. Uh, certain players, I'm sure there were engineers who listened to Hendrix and going, that, that sounds awful, that's a horrible sound. But you get some music, you get a, a tone, and it becomes a classic sound. So I, as much as I want to be like, that's a bad sound, I'm like, no, but trust me, there'll be some kid who comes along who writes some great tune, and that becomes the hook of the song, and then that becomes a now classic tone. Because mm, yeah, when we mm. think of classic tones now, in the late 60s they weren't classic tones they were just the shit the guys were buying at the local music store mm -hmm. I, I'm sure if I was the old fuddy-duddy who walked in the room like what's that horrible fuzz sound that doesn't sound like an L5 some some guy working at a store in 1967 where mm -hmm. you've got Jimmy buying a Marshall Stacker Clapton or Beck 
Mm-hmm. So I've always, I always have to temper it with, I don't I don't have to personally like everything, mm-hmm. but maybe there's more sounds out there and more colors to stuff that will go somewhere new that will be cool. Have you know. have you had have you had a lot of feedback from amp companies like saying hey fucking thank you because I would imagine people like Bogner and Fender Doctor Z all these different amp companies. Maybe getting a little afraid well, with all the the like the Kemper and the the fractal and all that shit coming out, thinking that maybe amplifiers are going to be on the back pedal. But something like the Oxbox that encourages you to buy more amplifiers. Well, I think it encourages you to, to actually just use an amplifier because yeah. I think there I think there are so many Kempers and fractals and it's I have all that stuff too. Yeah, they're great tools. They're all tools. We should we should let ourselves go buy every color and tool in the set mm-hmm. to make better music. So I'm not trying to stop anybody from using anything that makes them play music. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference too because I, I sound like I know like I'm being very nice about it but it's an honest thing. Like yeah, that if, makes you know, sense. If you get inspired to play music then God, use that. There's what, but then there's what I like and would personally use. Um, what I found is, okay, here's an odd one. I already heard from a few folks who were Dumble users that Alexander is actually telling people to get that thing, which I find very weird. Wow. And mm-hmm. Bruce just picked up his Dumble amplifier the oh, other I day. Yeah, that sounds good. Got it. Oh. oh, shit. I was just recording my Bandmaster today, and that thing, man, that shit is badass. Well, that's that, a Dumble band? Yeah. It's really, you know, that that circuit that he puts in there is amazing. You know, it's really, it's really good. Wow. Um, but, but if... Let me ask you this. This is kind of a dumb question, I guess. But when you like decide that you're going to, is the word is it a bad say to say model? Is that is that the right word, or is not not even the right word? I think it's whatever word works. Okay, so that's not a dumb word. Like, uh, so you're going to model this cabinet, and and. It, you're you're modeling this cabinet because this is a cabinet you've lived with for a while and you really like the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And you've tried a bunch of different amps in it and you've sort of found that this is a cabinet that you think is versatile enough that it sounds pretty good in just, with just about any amp you put through it. And those are sort of like your... Like, say, your test points. Like, I've tried it with the Marshall. Right. I've tried it with the Fender. This cabinet sounds good, right? Right. And, and and that's why you decided to model that particular cabinet. Right. Uh, there's another problem in that even today, if I if I get a, an amp with more than one speaker, I have to just, from my own knowledge, listen to each speaker independently. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you, I don't know, you probably do it too, but... I do it too, yeah. Yeah, you, you get a 412, yeah. there's going to be one of those speakers and that four that sound better that's than the That's the one three. that I have on the right corner, which you know is the it. one I buy. That's right. Yeah. And you have to do that homework. Yeah, and again, I'm not even talking about my actual day job. I do yeah. that regardless. Yeah, if there's four or something, one of them's not going to sound the same, or one will sound better or different. That's but right. Then, and even if it's not, when if you think one sounds better, it's probably better for one specific thing. There's mm-hmm. probably one that sounds a little more mid range or darker. It's like, well, right. but then you know, going forward, like, well, I want a right. little bit of a warmer tone. Well, use the bottom left one, and that's got a little mm-hmm. bit more mid range, and you just start to learn your gear. And that, that I think it's fun, but then again... You know what I do, James? This is how nerdy I am, but this is the difference between the album that I'm working on. Do you have Vibe Station? Yes. Did I give you that yes. album? I should. You didn't buy it, did you? I would have given it to you. Why not? No. 
Well, I want to. I want to ask you about your tribal tech tones too. By the way, you okay. Question on that, and then I want to talk about Charlie Parker because we got. Okay, okay. Now. Well, that's Bruce's territory. <laughs> so I woke so, up because I'm reading five <laughs> different music books right now. So, and it, yeah. Because I'm right now. I'm all about Jimmy Weibel. Uh huh. Another book by uh, Ed Arkin about uh, uh-huh. court substitutions. Yeah. And I went back to reread all my old Ted you know, material. You know, Bruce was Jimmy Weibel's really good friend, and and oh. uh, and I studied with Jimmy. I I took about Fuck. four or five lessons with Killing him. Killing me. And and he gave me his book, the two line improvisation book. Is that, yeah, that's the one I'm going to. You know what's YouTube. really a funny story about him? But I, I want to get back to my my tell, to tell you this funny thing. But, no, no, please, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I just wanted to say this about Jimmy. I wa- I came in for one of my lessons, and he said to me, he says I I've been working on this new thing, and he started to play it, and he fucked it up, and he said, oh, you have to forgive me. I get nervous when I'm playing in front of good players, and I was like. Are you serious? Oh, like, yeah. like first of all, I'm not a good player. Oh, come Second on. of all, like, what, it's just me. Like, how could you possibly be nervous playing in front of me? But he had that thing. I have it too. That that you know, like, I'm on stage, and if I don't think there's anybody, you know, that's like gonna kick my ass in the audience, I'll probably have a pretty good night. But if I think there's a really <laughs> no. good guitar player out there, I'll play the worst <laughs> I've ever played. No, in my life. no. <laughs> but it's just, it's that human nature thing of like, the more you want to play well, the worse you'll play. <laughs> you're thinking about all it. There is to you're, it. You're thinking but about it. Anyway, I was just gonna tell you this little thing that what the difference in the tone and vibe station in the album that I'm making now the major difference in the tone is that i turn the cabinet upside down so instead of miking the top speaker from the bottom i'm miking, from I'm the, miking the right. bottom speaker which is now on top, on top. because you know there's that slant well, on the, a, even on the a baffles all have a yes yeah. yes and oh also, we got nerdy i'm sorry and also so the, the speaker that i'm miking is also way further away from yep. the handles those big the plastic fucking, the plastic or metal if you get an earlier yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah and i think it makes a big difference yep. So what I'm finding is the tone is is way more pleasing and not as nasal, and I don't have to EQ it hardly at all, and yeah. it's cool. No, you know? no, you're right. There's, so, a, there's so, some of that stuff is in there. I did I shot everything two or three times on carpet on wood, mm-hmm. and it's the same positions literally without baffles and without carpet. Then I carpeted it and pointed it reflective mm-hmm. stuff. Nerdiness. Oh, it's it's in there. It's all in, there's <laughs> a little button. If and you, you say you're married, huh? How'd that ever happen? <laughs> I, I got married to her before I started working on this project. Oh, okay, that's how it happened. And she tours a lot, so she's actually not home a lot. She's okay, on the road now. That's how it happens. So she, I, she too, what does she do? She plays for Dweezil Zappa. What does she play? Saxophone and keys. Oh, no way. Oh, for, no. for 12 years, she has been. Wow. So. She, now, what, she does what now? She, she's a saxophone and key, the keyboard player in the Zappa group. Oh, so she plays with Dweezil. She, she was yeah, we for, had Dweezil on she, the show. She was the your only yeah. original. She started it when that project was still a secret thing up at the house. No kidding. Wow. wow. So she can we, read we, fly and, shit. Um, so you've yeah. met Dweezil many times. I I'm hang sure, with Dweezil yeah. all the time. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I, I actually play with the band once in a while. I, every so often, oh, no I'm kidding. a special guest. I oh, that's so cool, that's man. Awesome. He was such a nice cat. We had him on the show, and he was he was really fun. He's extremely him. smart, yeah. and you uh, and you have to. It, it took me a long time to understand. Uh, how that that guy did not have a normal childhood. Could you imagine having Frank Zappa as your father? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And the crazies that yeah. come along That'd with that. That'd be really nuts. Thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, so totally nuts. Yeah. So there, there's a whole, yeah. that's a whole other topic we can get yeah. into. Yeah. Wow. But. Wow, man. That's, <laughs> okay. that's, kind of, that's really cool. He's out on the, is he out on the road now? They're, they're playing the Warfield tonight. And actually, Napa and Monterey, they're in Monterey. So good game. Where? Uh-huh. I can find Golden State? Out. I think so. 
Wow. They, they play Carmel and Monterey. They'll do some of that, but on their way to Napa, typically. Yeah. When yeah. you when you try these um, amps and and stuff, do you use pedals too to to get? Do you always use? I mean, it's how, usually what, whatever the appropriate rig would be. Like if it's going to be a Marshall, or for or for some of the stuff, I had. I'm not a metal guy, but I do have a triple rectifier, and you have to have mm -hmm. certain heads for certain sounds. Sure. So I have a backlog of all this stuff, and uh, do you use pedals with the? Yeah, you with with the, I need to. Yeah. Really, uh -huh. when you're modeling the speaker, you're doing you're using pedals well, as it, a it source. Well, it would usually only if it's in setting up where I want to put the mics and where the cab sounds good in the room, because basically mm -hmm. I have to set all this gear up like it is a session. So I have to put my brain like, okay, here's the cab, here's the mic. Where in the room does it go? Where where's the right positions? And you use the right input material when I was basically just what are you playing to test the amp mm -hmm. when you're putting the mic in the right spot? Right. So that's why you have to be able to know where all this stuff goes for a certain sound. So where do you like let's say you were gonna play a solo and it was just gonna be your personal tone. Mm -hmm. And like with whatever, where do you usually mic the, the speaker? I I tend to like this. I call this sort of this horizon. I, I I like this area. That's sort of where that glue joint is on the cap. There's, there's you can yeah, find a sweet that's spot. That's where that's, I do it. Too. Everybody seems to like that. I, but I've I seen people it, put it right in the dead center of the car. It's like, yeah, why would I can't you put do it that. Can't do it. Can't if you get that. too far out, it gets too woofy. Yeah. And then you, if you can get a little, if you can get, I like it right in the seam of the of the of where the the cone meets the paper. And that the little funny seam, thing is, you know. different speakers move that seam because the dust cap gets bigger. So sometimes you right. have to kind of ignore the seam and go right. around it because yeah. the caps get too big, but it's still small. Yeah. Well, this is going to get way nerdy. I'm sorry. Man, so the, the, the speakers I use are greenback, so there's just a little, a little tiny. Guy in there. There's we'll a put little Bruce guy. Asleep, he's going down. We killed him. So I put it right there, and you know that seems to be. Sound. But, but, but then I'll, you know I'll move it around depending on the part. You and know. then and the mm. microphone too. If I use a four fourteen or any kind of microphone that picks up a wider area, you you've got a little more slop to move around. But each mic just mm -hmm. has this different pickup pattern. I, sure, I've got sure. a question. What at what like sample rate were you guys recording it? We like one ninety two or ninety six or you just at forty four? Like what's usually. Uh, I I I was thirty two bit floating usually ninety six k but that doesn't that's that doesn't that matter doesn't as much really matter as much because that's just documentation at that point or right. measurements because the measurement data is not going to change whether it's at ninety six or one ninety two oh, okay okay um, but but that's not that's it once it's in the the engine itself that's a little different thing but yeah, yeah. as far as just setting up a session if we're just talking about getting good sound. I'm not even running Pro Tools at that point. I'm just monitoring through the speakers, listening and putting stuff. And then right. here comes a session with all the measurement tools, which then it's a whole other... How different. Because right. I have to split it between one. At some point, I'm the guitar guy testing the amp, putting, making the amp sound good to the cabinet where I want it. The next time, okay, now I'm the, now I have to be the second engineer. Or, right. And I'm grab, on the floor, wiring up the mics well, and when, the cables. Right, and, then, right, right. and then I get behind the desk and I engineer all this when, stuff. When you, the, the advertisement on the Oxbox was that, that you guys really just... It wasn't about IRs like we talked right. about before, but it was, it was really like, like ten or I can't remember the actual number that you guys used, but it was so many more things that you guys were looking at at the same time. I, so there, what I found was a lot of the work was, I mean, there's there's room modeling in there. That mm -hmm. room knob is actually all the reflective sources in a room because I think again, you get an app in a great sounding room, 
almost any amp can sound great if it's in a great sounding room. Mm-hmm. You get more slop if there's just a little ambience to a room and there's a little reflection yeah. going on. Did, on. did you guys go to particular rooms to do all that? Or? We used our our our, in, our studio. Yeah, that's one thing I miss because I don't have that anymore. Like. Uh, I I just had a, a it. room that's like you got fifty feet in either direction. I got a and you got glass room. and wood. I got a yeah. small room, so you know, the, uh, an ambient mic is out of the question because it just picks it's up the sound of the room and the, it, it makes it sound worse. Well, yeah, because the, yeah. the room's too small, then it yeah. just sounds like face. Yeah, it's just so you can only close mic in my right. room. It's like you, everything is closed miking, and if I want a sound that sounds like shit. I'll put a mic about you know two feet away two from feet the cabinet, away, and yeah. then I have a sound that sounds like right. shit. But maybe sometimes that's <laughs> the right maybe, sound. Maybe that is the right yeah. sound. But, but it's not a good sound. Like I remember when I did the, that album, Dog Party, oh, yeah. and I did it at MI, and they had a real big, beautiful room studio. And you know TJ Helmer, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. So TJ TJ put uh, another mic. I can't remember what it was. I think it was might have been a, a Neumann something. But he put it about like five or six feet away from the cabinet and just mixed it in right. and it actually added to the yep. sound but don't you have phasing you know, issues with that you do a little bit i guess but he knew how to get yeah. around mm-hmm. that i guess but he but yeah i proved i knew something he yeah. said he said <laughs> he just told me this and, it, and i guess it's true he says if you listen to the room that like by it. itself you know solo right. If it sounds good, it's going to add to your tone. If right. it sounds like shit, it's not okay. going to add to your tone. I was like, okay. God, that guy sounds like a genius. <laughs> yeah, what a genius. But he was right. You you know, know, you're right. right. In fact, that the room mics in there are... Uh, <coughs> were, I set the room up for a session, so I actually put up... There's a drum set in the room. Because I actually mm-hmm. prefer the room to be filled with gear. If a room mm-hmm. is just empty and you put a guitar amp in an empty room, that's that's not reality. That mm-hmm. doesn't really sound very good. You have to have some other things in the room. Right. So I actually put the 67, the U67s for the room mics over the drum area. Okay. Because if you're thinking, what would you see in a classic Rolling Stones or Cream session or Zeppelin session? They mm-hmm. would have open mics for the drummer. And if they're tracking together, that that some of those riffs we hear, are, a lot of it's drum bleed. Mm-hmm. So some of the room, just to get a little bit more of that vibe, it's sure. 30 feet away back by the drum Boy, room. wasn't Paige a, a, an amazing, just, you know, a genius when it comes to room sounds? Yeah. Because it, all, it seems like every guitar has a different ambient sound, you know, from a from a mic that's who knows where it is. It's out 10 feet away Ten feet or away. it's right on the speaker or it's out in the hallway but it, it all those parts Dude, sound so different. I saw a clip yeah. of you. You were in Europe, I think, and you you went into a Zeppelin tune. I think I played it for Bruce. But you're on your Strat, and it it sounded like the fucking record. It was so spot on. Oh, well, I, just, I know. I've known that solo since I was yeah. twelve. So oh my God, <laughs> I, dude, I, it I should was be able so to play bad. it. I should be able to play that solo with you know. It was like, so badass. I thought I was fun. listening to the record. It was like wow. That and was it, and it's a strat. Yeah, it's a strat. <laughs> it's a yeah. sacrilege. Oh, no, you know what? I, we should talk about it. I, I love listening for room tone on records. In fact, there's a, a Thelonious Monk record I'm listening to right now. That uh, and I didn't realize this till later that I was listening to a newer version of it, mm-hmm. and the difference was when they originally recorded it in mono, they used close mics. Mm-hmm. When the stereo version of the record came out, stereo wasn't around when that album first came out. Uh huh. So the stereo, the, the engineer had put up room mics. That was his stereo. Uh huh. So when you listen to the stereo version of that record, it's ambient. I see. When you listen to the mono version, it's a whole nother set of mics that's close right up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, I think it's Abide with me. That's the first tune on the record. I'm forgetting the name of the. I think he's on the little um, 
Western Flyer wagon on the front of the car. Uh-huh. But if you if you ever just want to hear room tone of that, you wouldn't expect yeah. on a, really on a record that's for the most part big mono. You know, you got a mono version close, and then you hear the room. I I love listening to jazz records where you actually where the room I think was part of those. A sounds. lot of those sessions where they put up stereo mics and mic the whole band, yeah, and you're yeah. done. And you hear the you horn in the piano. Mic. You, you hear, hear the whole thing. Really. I mean, it's one big no, sound. No, it was just a big. Well, or a big M forty nine in the yeah, middle of the yeah. room, probably somewhere, and yeah. but I it mean, sounded beautiful. And you used to have to place people in great. the room where they're supposed right, to go, right, for volume. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Charlie Parker, you know, like like you won't find many jazz records where the horn is that loud. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like the band is like here, and this, and then, and then Charlie comes in. And it's <laughs> like <laughs> it could have been anywhere in the studio, he would have been that loud. Yeah, well, that's right. true. He, he just, just and right Phil down Phil Woods too. Yeah. Now, I remember I went to see Phil Woods one night at Catalina's. Oh. And they they had this thing about they just didn't want to have anything to do with PA's, and 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 it's sad because the band would have sounded much better with a PA because I never heard. The whole night, one note the piano player played. Not a note. You know, I heard a little bit of drums. I heard a little bit of bass. Phil Woods was so loud that it was almost like oh, me with my Marshall. Shit. And the piano player, not a note could be heard from him all night long. And I was like, this is a band that really needs... A, you need a PA. He needs a PA. Because they that just piano got player, so burned by sound, man. Yeah, maybe. He just, you know, it would have been nice to hear the piano player. And it would have been nice if it was mixed better. You know, but but that's what happens when you know you know too much about music and you play music. You go to a gig, and how many times have you gone to a gig and you're just like, I just wish I could hear things better. I wish the yeah. band sounded better because yeah. you know they're busting their ass. Yeah, but you can't hear it. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, you know, the most important guy in the room, and sometimes he's a complete idiot. Yeah, and I have experienced this so many times where. What are you going to do, man? I mean, I miss the days of being able to afford our own guy and having him out on the road with us, but just simply can't afford it anymore. And, and I figure if I know, I'm not going to mention names, but if I know a, a, a few artists who are really a lot more famous than me and they are not out on the road with their oh. own sound, man. So it's like, okay, if they can't afford one, I sure can't. No, you and, and uh, you think of the days when Steely Dan would have like the the Roger to do like yeah. their studio guys running yeah. their monitor system because they wanted yeah. it to sound so perfect just for them so they could play good. We used to have this guy named Gabby in Europe, and he was the sound man, driver, and road manager. And I'm sure he wanted a lot of money, and he probably I hope he got what he wanted. <sighs> but it was so wonderful to have him and 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 another guy named Jack Rossi, who who we had who was just so good and and. You know, like those kind of guys that just make the band sound like a CD every night, no matter what the room is. And and I, I, I took that for granted, and I really shouldn't have, because now I'm just wishing those days. Oh, were, no. Well, were, I'm not going to bust you on stuff now, because now I want to ask you oh. both about guitar stuff, because I feel like I've already put everyone to sleep, which should wake them back up. No, 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 not but at I all. But I do, I do remember one of the last times I snuck in a lava lead to see you play. Uh huh. And you, and this isn't even about the gig. This is about what you did before the gig. And I'm gonna cuss this motherfucker. Who right was here. he blowing? No, was he blowing? <laughs> Actually, himself. I think I think you had a little looper pedal or something, if I remember correctly. But he, you set up the gear, and you were. It was before the gig, and I think you had put in some giant steps changes into like a, you were. You yeah. were just quietly practicing mm -hmm. just some of the changes of giant steps. Mm -hmm. And no, because no one's paying attention to you. I mean, you're just kind of setting up, and you're. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, that motherfucker's running giant steps, just quietly by himself in a corner before the gig. Yeah, that's, I usually do that just because 
I need to warm up on something. <laughs> something but that hard. was good. But that was one yeah. of the things I would notice yeah. is listening to your warm up material, not just being yeah physical, just choppy, but you're you're working. I think a lot of I think most players feel like that if you warm up before the gig, then when you finally hit your first note on stage, you've already been playing a while and right. you feel more comfortable. You know, I heard Pat Metheny warms up for like six hours before he plays. And I'm like, wow, that's really? a lot. I usually only do like one or two because it's all I have. I guess at some point but, you just run out of Well, I, No, I just think, right? no? I think that you just feel like, or at least I feel like that if I play a lot, like right before I go on stage, then it's not a big deal to go on stage. But I always feel like when I hit the stage stone cold without ever playing a note, I feel cold. I okay. feel like it's more of a chore. It's harder. You know, maybe, maybe it's just... Uh, you know, like a field goal guy, there kicks the ball for a while before he before he does the field goal. It's just the same shit, but but I don't know. You you warm up before you play, right, Bruce, or do you just go on stage cold, or both? It both. I mean, it yeah. depends on the situation. If I have time yeah. to sit down and play a while before I get on the stage, I yeah, do. It's but nice often, to, nice to. So often, I get to the gig and I got to talk to somebody. I got to work something right. out. I gotta, right. And I just. Basically, if I'm lucky, if I can just plug in and make sure the amp works, right, and then I play the game. Yeah, they're, they're so those. it's like I. I mean, the thing is, I just play the best <coughs> I can every second I touch that motherfucker, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, if I had the opportunity to warm up, I don't know that I'd warm up six hours. I think that that's excessive. Yeah. I just can't see how you feel fresh and want to play. You know, and I mean, chops wise, you'd be rolling. But when does he get the drink? Who? That? Six hours of practicing. Oh, I don't know. That's just warming what I up. Heard. We that's called it not practicing. warming up. That's just what I read in a magazine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, really, it's not warming up after about five minutes. Right. It's really not. No, that's just. It's playing. just shedding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but for me, it's not about the fingers. It's about the the head. That's what she. That's what I was noticing with you. You weren't just you weren't running. Scales. No, no. I you mean, were, I can run you your fingers, and you, but you can do the same thing by just running your hands in hot water. I mean, or putting your hands on a space heater. It's not physical for me. It's mental. mental. Yeah. It's 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 actually right. like getting my brain working. And, and and so that when I walk on stage, my brain is already in playing mode. Exactly. That's what it's about. Yeah, for but me. if you I'm warm up and then you wait twenty minutes or thirty minutes to go, are you still warmed up? Well, I don't. I mean, the idea is to play until you hit the stage. So right. in other words, I'm in the dressing room and right. I'm playing. Usually on tour, what I've got is I've got my computer in the dressing room with backing tracks, and I'm playing over my backing tracks right up until the second I go up on stage. Uh -huh. And then I feel like, okay, I'm going on stage, just going to play some more. Yeah. And it feels more, it's fun. Yeah, it's no, more no, fun. I'm not, I'm yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. I like to be able to have the, but then there's there's plenty of times where you can't do that because there's yeah. just no time and right. you just came from dinner. Or are you, yeah, are you only like you're at the spot and there ain't a Back right, there is a right, right, right. Actually, I sit in my car at the spot. You sit in, the, in yeah. the alley. Yeah, I sit in my well, car. That doesn't look sketchy at all. And and you know, but uh, <laughs> you know, baked potato is another issue, man. Everybody. No, I mean, I'm just saying. You just, you just no. do what. I mean, damn, we're just playing music, guys. You know, I mean, sometimes brain surgeons have to like you know run into into the ER and deal with it. You right, know what I mean? Right. They just got out of dinner. Or they just. Got woken up on a. Well, they just in, in, on a, in, in, in yeah. the sleeping room. At they the just hospital. had a big party with whiskey and scotch. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, hey, you know, we've we've trained really hard, and I know I've played some of my best shit cold, mm -hmm. some of my best shit warmed up, and I played some of my worst shit cold, 
And some of my worship warmed right. up. And so. worship drunk and best right. shit drunk. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> what I've learned is it's, so. it's the whole idea. I mean, at least if we're talking jazz, is to deal with what you've got and make something out of it. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying sabotage yourself. That's stupid. And we all really have high integrity, I would hope. But, you know, I mean, on the other hand, to worry about that shit is like, it just fucks everything up, man. Mm-hmm. We, the thing is to, like, be in the moment, laugh, mm-hmm. cry, feel, mm-hmm. think. I, I think that's the most important thing. I think the, uh, I almost feel like your tone, at least for because of electric guitar, it, it, if you're in a much better frame of mind and you're, and you're in your mentally in a good state, mm-hmm. that the tone will will be less of an issue for you. I think if anyone's if you're, if you're feeling down and you're just not, in, everything just seems like a negative. Yeah, I almost feel like you you could muscle through any guitar and amp if you just let it all go and say, "Look, I, I know whatever, whatever I'm going to put out is going to make a musical statement just first, make the and most it's going to secondary." Yeah, well, you definitely have to. I remember one night I had a really bad. I mean, a bad tone because the the amp was just blown up and the speakers were blown up too and it was just horrible and i had a really good playing night and and i was kind of proud of myself because i i was like wow you played good and you played through that really the worst gear gear. ever and i had a good playing night and i and i had to pat myself on the back because usually it's the opposite usually a bad sound will make me play pretty bad and and i was i was happy that I knew it was a bad sound, but it didn't let it get to me, and I had fun anyway. But there are just as many nights where the tone is really bad, and there's different kinds of bad tone. Like, there's bad tone where it's funny, because it's just bad, but it doesn't hurt your ears. But it's just bad, and it's comical. But there are those nights where my ears are, are feel like they're being murdered. Like by bad frequencies, right. by sharp, harsh frequencies, and then there's no way I'm going to play well. No way. Because I'm, I'm mad. I'm pissed. Like every time I play a note, I'm mad at that note for right. hurting my ears. You know, so there's just, no, you know, there's some things you can't, you're just going to have a shitty night, deal it, with it, hopefully tomorrow sort of going to be better. Pain right there. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do. And I've had that, those, those nights too. But... Also, nights where you can't blame the tone, where you got the best tone of your life and still played like shit, and you have nobody to blame. You can't blame the amp. You can't blame it. That's right. Can't blame the amp for the tones. You just had a bad play night. night So what? You know, could every every single thing you do during the day, you know, it all plays into how you're going to play that night. Your your mood, your 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 relationships with people, your your day, just the kind of mood you're in in general. And everything that happened to you that day and in your life for the last 60 years all plays into how you're going to perform that night and, 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 and the next night and the next night and the next night. So, so when you start, Bruce will tell you, I used to get really, really mad at myself like after a gig and just be, just hate myself because, and I've sort of in the last couple of years realized that those high expectations where you really expect yourself to play your best every night are not really human they're not they're they're not human they're it's it's trying to be superhuman and nobody is superhuman you know you you're you're gonna have just like life you have good days you have bad days you have good days you have bad days and then you get used to it and you don't kick yourself for the next week because you had a bad day 
you know. And Bruce, what's something what Bruce said really, really uh, stuck with me one time, where he said, "You have a bad night." What was it, Bruce? You you don't you don't hate yourself that night. You hate yourself the next day and makes you want to practice. Right, right. There's, well, there's, there's two responses to, to sucking, you know, to humiliating yourself, whatever. One is like, I'm horrible. I hate myself. I'll never amount to anything. Well, that that self that self negative defecation, uh, defecation, <laughs> right. And and then there's the other side where you say, you know. I did the best I could. I didn't promise anybody anything. I'm just, I really tried my hardest and, you know, it didn't work out. But it's not because I didn't prepare or I didn't try or I didn't care. And, like, too often we kind of go to bed with the one that hates us, that side of ourselves. So it, it creates a lot of negative and uh, self destructive behavior, yeah. whether it would be. Uh, Drugs, drinking, bad choices in life, getting in fights, all sorts of things. There's that. So you really want to kind of go to bed with the guy who says, I did the best I could, I had integrity, it really didn't work out, you know, whatever, you know, but, you know, I didn't promise anything, I tried my best and I prepared. And you want to wake up with the guy that goes, you fucking sucked last night, get it together. You know what I mean? Because then, then you're in a moment where you can actually deal with it. You can take the learning experience from that and create positive growth. But but it's really, I mean, that's a, I mean, I can say that, but to be able to do that, now that's a whole other. It's a different <laughs> that's a whole thing. thing. Because if you're always striving to be to to, to, yeah. to be great, to do something forward, and to go somewhere you haven't been yet, there's just a lot of pain involved in that. Because you. You'll never get to the end of that. I think we always want to be better than we are, and we're gonna have, one day we're gonna die, never going to the top of that mountain. Because you, mm-hmm. th- but that's healthy. You always, if you're a creative musician, you're always gonna want to be striving for something. Maybe you don't know what it is yet. Maybe it's just something like you were looking for a sound. Nothing was getting you there yet. You're still looking for something, and that's. I think it's amazing to be at someone who's got your amount of knowledge and playing ability, who's still striving for something. I, I think what it is for me is that I've I've listened too much to too many great players well that, that that's a bummer too that, we all that, that i know what good music is and i can't fool myself into thinking that i'm actually yeah, doing see, okay i'm gonna okay we're gonna talk about that because yeah, that's what you should rough then yeah. stop doing it that's what i do but i you don't can't. listen to anyone great just can't i can't <laughs> i can't stop listening to great music every time in my car i'm in my car i listen to great music and that great music is in my ears and when i play I expect myself to be on the level of that great music that I listen to, but I'm not. And that sometimes gets to me. Sometimes I'm, it's already a self-defeatist type of thing. Where You're striking yourself out on the way to the game. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly. Exactly. You, you need to exactly. kill your idols. Yeah, yeah you got to kill yeah. them. you got to kill your idols. And, 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 but that, again, it's easier to, to say than to do. It's, it's, I, I will give you some ones I, I never because I never tell anybody this stuff but I think your guys would know who these people are because some of these guys have passed away but I want to talk we should talk about Alan Holsworth and Ted Green mm-hmm. two guys that I think were probably some of the geniuses of the instrument mm-hmm. and there were numerous times I would be with those guys and they were so down on their playing Sure. To the, really? To the point of pain. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Alan Alan, was oh especially God. Alan. Oh Alan yelled God. at me one time about this. I, cause I, at some point, I finally told him I had the reaching for the Uncommon Chord book. Uh huh. And I, I finally just told him he, he was sitting in with Dweezil one time, and he came early to sound check. 
and we were hanging, and he was showing me the guitar, which was fun. And then I finally said, you know, I, I did read that book and learned it when I was a kid. I loved that learning your stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what did you do something stupid like that for? Yeah. Why? And he just kind of yelled at me about it. Like, don't waste your time learning this shit. It was his book. It was a book on his music I was reading. I, I, I had read. I did, learned all of those tunes and those chord voicings. And he was so, I think it was so, so embarrassed. He's like, I was playing like shit. He hated every record he had done back then. And why would you waste your time on that? And I got the same thing from when I would go see Ted Green. As I'd always bust, I was asked Ted, Ted, why don't you just make another record? You only have one. We'd all love to hear you make another record. And he was still on that same thing. Well, it just it, the one record I did, I, I never liked it anyway. I, I shouldn't have done it to begin with, kind of thing. Almost like he knew he had something. He was aspiring for something greater, mm -hmm. and he just would never put himself through that again. Right. Some like, people don't like dude, to humiliate. Nobody likes to humili humiliate themselves, but yet it's our, we do this podcast. Yeah. So but like, but well, if yeah, 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 I mean, but, <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what though? The, when reality I shouldn't even think of a guitar for a guy like that saying he shouldn't make a fucking record. Yeah, it's it's weird, but well, but it hurts him too much, and he feels like he has nothing to say, and he feels like what he says is not is not something he can live with. And you it's know? valid because it's a valid thought because he may be listening to somebody that he absolutely cannot like. There and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like okay, let's say if I listen to Bruce. I will never well, be able you to play like You're Bruce not that ever. Stupid. You know, I will never be able to play <laughs> no, like no Bruce. No, is that stupid? <laughs> hey, I watch your master. Hey, I watch one of your videos. Actually, I watch your okay, master class. Okay, he's that stupid. I paid for it. I am not stupid. <laughs> but I mean, if I let's say hey. I wanted to play like Bruce, and it was in my mind that if I don't play like Bruce, then I'm humiliated and I shouldn't play. Well, so you got to kill him then. Sorry. You know, yeah, you either have to kill him or stop listening to him, right. and I'm not really prepared to do either one. Well, maybe kill him. Some, kill him maybe. Sometimes I feel well, the like raccoons going to get him on the way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> leave it to the raccoons. Leave it to the raccoons. They got this covered, yeah. man. Yeah, but They're, we'll but pay him off. Yeah, later. I can't. I can't. You know, because I'm making so much money on the podcast, I can't kill him. <laughs> right. right. Well, yeah. Nate, <laughs> he needs the dough. I need right. the money. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but that, money? <laughs> that, Wait a minute. That mindset. Right, That's that mindset is 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 not really anything to be ashamed of, as long as you go out and do your job, because because you got to go do your job whether you hate yourself or not. You got to go make you know make for me touring is what's going to put my daughter through college. It's what's paying for for all the stuff that I have. It, it bought my house. Blah blah blah. I am not rich enough to say I'm never going to play again because every time I play, I humiliate myself. Whether I humiliate myself or not, this is my job, and I got to do it. So, and I'll probably be doing it until I, I can't physically do it anymore. So, it, it never affected me to the level, and never affected Bruce and most of the musicians to the level where it affected Alan and Ted. Alan and Ted were very special cases where they were, let's say, they were super duper humiliated. <laughs> and then well, they just... there's numerous reasons. You know, they were also they had mental problems. They actually did. I mean, Alan, both Alan both was drinking both a lot. The Alan Alan both was, of them did. Yeah. But I mean, no, and Ted too. I mean, no, you're right. You're right. The, 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 you know, and I'm not, and I'm saying that with all the sympathy I can and empathy I can muster. You know, I mean, I love both those guys' yeah. music. Ted, I knew. I didn't know Alan, and I loved Ted. He was a gentle soul, yep. brilliant man, brilliant player. Any one of us would be happy to play like him. But the fact is, is he was tortured yeah. in other ways, and uh, he had trouble playing in public. 
had trouble dealing with people. You know, he was shy and uh, an introvert, a real introvert. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes introverts make the best musicians because they sit alone and a yeah. guitar is not dealing with a person. And and so, you know, that's just, that's just one of the things that happens in life. And, and that's kind of beautiful. It's what... I mean, it's, it's our loss that we don't have a lot of recordings of him, yeah. although there is a lot of documented playing of him, thank God. Um, but on the other hand, it's just kind of what makes up the wonderful jigsaw of humanity, you know. Mm -hmm. 